No, no, don't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Teenage Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew, and I'm here with both Brendan and Joseph, and we are back in studio today. How are you guys doing? Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. It's good to be back. I am so glad to be back in studio. This is a lot more enjoyable than oh, yeah. online. Yeah, I'm doing stuff over Zoom is cool and a lot easier to edit, <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, always enjoy being back together with you guys in person. Yeah. Brendan, how's the how's seminary been going? Seminary's for really well. Yeah, we um, we have a good long break, um, so trying to get back into my old routine of worldly living. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a great aspiration, <laughs> Brendan! Um, no, oh, oh, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> the seminarians go on break and they come back. I want to go back to worldly living, everybody. <laughs> Um, but no, everything's going along very smoothly. Classes are fine. Formation's awesome. That's good. That's good. Yeah. All right. So in our last episode, we talked about the sacraments of baptism and confirmation, which are two of the oh wow, two of the three sacraments of initiation. Today we'll be talking about the sacraments of healing. Um, so there are two of those. They are penance slash reconciliation. I don't actually know what's the official name for the sacrament. Penance. Is it penance? It's okay. Penance. Um, and then anointing of the sick is the other sacrament. So we'll be breaking down these two sacraments, and like the last episode, we'll explain why we have these sacraments, the rites of them, how you can live out the sacraments in your life as a teenager. And um, we're going to go ahead with our obvious question, and what are the sacraments of healing? So the sacraments of healing are the two sacraments that are for the healing of your soul, but they can also provide uh, physical healing as well. So as stated before, the two sacraments are penance and anointing of the sick. We find within these sacraments that we are reconciled with God and healed by the loving power of Christ, and we're brought forth to the light of truth and freed from the darkness of sin. These sacraments can take place at any stage in your life. Uh, so anointing of the sick can take place if you're like I've known babies who have received anointing of the sick and there's obviously whenever you think of the sacrament most of the time you think of old people receiving anointing of the sick um it should be noted that both of these sacraments can be received more than once and often are especially especially confession should be received way more than once um and they are two out of only three sacraments that you will receive more than once and the other sacrament is the eucharist um, so these sacraments do have a scriptural basis. Penance can be found in John 20, 21 to 23, and anointing of the sick can be found in both James and Mark. We'll dive into those when we tackle the sacraments separately, as Joe looks them up right now to prepare for when we <laughs> look into them later. I am doing just that. Um, but for now, we're going to start with catechism with Brendan. Woohoo! So, yeah, right. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to catechism with Brendan. Um, we'll be talking about... Uh, well, Brendan, this is your section, so go oh, ahead yeah. and take it away. So basically, um, the Catechism gives us a clear definition of what the sacraments of healing are. It states, The Lord Jesus Christ, physician of our souls and bodies, who forgave the sins of the paralytic and restored him to bodily health, has willed his church continue in the power of the Holy Spirit, his work of healing and salvation, even among her own members. This is the purpose of the two sacraments of healing. Now, gotta love long Catechism definition, but let's break that down the first part the lord jesus christ physician of our souls and bodies adding on to the numerous titles of jesus you know son of god son of david christ all that jesus does jesus is also known as the divine healer or the divine physician what does that mean i don't know <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> seminary is doing a great job oh yeah <laughs> so in 
In his public ministry, Jesus healed and cured many people. For example, the paraclytic man in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And since God is powerful and can do whatever he wills, the divine physician can heal what mankind offers and beyond. If you are willing to be healed, then Christ will heal and forgive. The second part, has will does church continue in the power of the Holy Spirit? Everything the church does is in the power of the Holy Spirit. The same spirit Christ sent on the onto the apostles in the upper room at Pentecost. And basically any decision that the Pope or the Magisterium makes is not of their own will, but the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And it's through the Spirit where we can come. We the uh, it's through the Spirit where we can come to further understanding God and His saving help. The third part, His healing work and salvation, even among her own members. This is the purpose of the two sacraments of healing. Christ wants us to be with Him in heaven, and He will do anything for that to happen. And that is why He entrusted the church with these sacraments. And all the sacraments, each sacrament is a, is a sign of God's love for his people. And it's through the sacraments of healing where we can experience God's mercy, love, forgiveness, and divine care for his people. So with that, let's break down the sacraments. First with the sacrament of penance, and we'll explain the rites and how we can live out each of these sacraments. And yeah, let's get to that. Yeah, so we're going to start with the sacrament of penance. Brendan. I didn't do it. <laughs> actually yes you did and uh-huh. don't you hate when you do it the I, weight of sin <laughs> don't you just hate having that weight of sin i yes. am weak it is heavy this is a bad combo you also weigh like 40 pounds but... well i mean yeah <laughs> um joe don't you wish you can go to christ to confess your sins and receive his well, mercy and forgiveness that would be amazing matthew but he's not here on earth with us what should i do well aren't you in luck because Christ happened to entrust his church with this power to forgive sins. Let's introduce the sacrament of penance. Yeah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, baby. That's what I'm talking about. That's what it's all about. Um, when, resurrected, when the resurrected Jesus first appeared to the apostles in the Gospel of John, he said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I send you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And whoever sins you retain, they are retained. That's John twenty twenty one to 23. It is in the Bible. Yes, sir. Notice how Jesus happens to tell the apostles they can forgive sins. Right. Side note, if you know anyone who doesn't believe in the authority of the apostles or the power of the apostles or the authority of the church, this is a great place to start. Yeah, Just going to leave that out there. <laughs> Just going to leave that out there. The sacrament of penance absolves the Catholic of their sins, reconciles that Catholic with God and the church, and... Uh, puts them into a state of grace. It takes them out of, especially when you have mortal sin on your soul. Uh, it just kind of removes, well, it doesn't kind of remove, it totally removes that mortal sin from from your soul and uh, reconnects you with God. Uh, if you don't remember what grace is or you don't know what grace is, watch our episode on the seven sacraments. I think that was our third episode, something like that. I forget. Whatever. Go watch the episode about the seven sacraments. Um, when you are not in the state of grace, you are you have sin, uh, particularly mortal sin, on your soul. Um, so, Joe, do you want to break down what those types of sins are? We've talked about them briefly before, but we're going to go more in-depth right now because it's pertinent to what the sacrament of confession is all about. Of course. So there are two uh, main categories of sin. You have venial sins, uh, which describe a, a strain with your relationship with God. Um, there's... There's damage done. You've done something wrong. These are sins that are not of great matter and are often little slip-ups that do not 
help us grow in our relationship with God and drive us away from goodness. While you may have only scratched your relationship with God, the inflow of sanctifying grace is still there. You should still confess to a priest and he can help you uh, guide you so that you don't commit that sin again. These um, venial sins encompass a lot of day-to-day things that we do wrong. We are humans. We are sinners. Some things might be cursing excessively. Whoopsies. Being rude. Whoopsies. Not listening to your parents uh, in a small extent. If you do it like drastically to an extreme measure, that could be a mortal sin. Gossiping. Whoopsies. You know, these are things that we all do um, because we are imperfect. I mean, maybe not these specific examples, but day to day, we're committing venial sins. Right. And these are these are all sins that we um, actively participate in. Um, but you also have sins like um, if you are feeling hopeless or like God doesn't care about you, that's also a sin. Um, if really? you are ungrateful, if you are um, uncharitable, any of these are also sins. So the sins where instead of doing an act of something, it's sins where we remove a virtue from our life or we remove something that is good from our life. So those are also sins. Um most of the time they're venial because most of the time they're just kind of feelings that we have that kind of pass on. But there are sometimes like like rage and wrath where if we really dwell on it, they can turn into mortal sins. Speaking of mortal sins, Joe, go ahead and break down what mortal sins are for us. So speaking of broken down, so is your relationship with God. <laughs> I thought I had a good transition, but Joe just added on top of it. I'm pretty good here. Uh, mortal sins uh, are sins when the relationship between you and God is broken. You went out of your way to commit a sin, even though you have full knowledge that it was a sin. Uh, mortal sins require uh, three things. It's full knowledge of what you're doing is wrong, full intent to do it, and something else. It has else. to be a grave matter. It has to be a grave yeah. matter. It has to be um, an important thing. It's like, oh, no, I said Matthew was a dumb dumb. I fully intended to say that. Right. I was fully conscious of what it meant. And I fully meant to like harm him and his uh, like feeling of self-worth or I meant to insult him or something yeah. like that. But like, you know, Mop if you on. accidentally run a family of 12 <laughs> off of a bridge. <laughs> no, no, why do we always go back to this? It's an accident. So <laughs> not a mortal sin. <laughs> I just so happened to cut the wires to my brake. You know? <laughs> it, just, it happened. My brakes failed. I mean, what, was I, what was I supposed to do? <laughs> it's, it's not my fault. They all had promising futures. <laughs> oh, man. Um, some things that. Typical difficulty. This is a fun point to get to go off on. Some things that teenagers do that are mortal sins include gossiping too much and destroying somebody's reputation, going out of your way to hurt somebody because you can, because you are mean. Um, there is a lot of uh, sexual immodesty that teenagers, college kids often uh, engage in. Excessively drinking. Uh, please note that is not inherently sinful. Uh, Jesus was well known to like his wine, but yeah, there's actually a really funny Bible passage where, um, shoot, I forget exactly what the context is, but there's one point where they call Jesus like a drunkard or something like that. Um, here, I'm going to look it up. Where do they call Jesus a drunkard? I love them Jews. Uh, you want to look up Luke seven thirty four for me, Joe?
Excuse us while we look this up. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, here's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yeah, so Jesus obviously liked drinking his his wine. I mean, it was also like, that's that's how you got clean drinks back then, was (laughs) douse it in alcohol (laughs) and to kill all of the germs. But Man, these days with clean tap water, hate them. (laughs) I wish we had wine. Me and the boys rolling up to kindergarten with our wine. <laughs> I've got my wine juice box. <laughs> my sippy cup with wine. Jesus turned it into wine. It wasn't. <laughs> it was water it's when I poured it in. in. Right, what was, what's the joke about like a police officer pulled, a, pulled, a, pulled, a, pulled a priest over and uh, the police officer was like, um, Father, have you been drinking tonight? And the priest was like, yes, sir, but I've only been drinking water. And uh, the police officer says, you know, mind if I look in your car? And the priest goes, oh, absolutely. And the police officer pulls out a bottle of wine and is like, excuse me, Father, what is this? And the priest looks at him and goes, oh, my goodness, the great Lord has done it again. <laughs> you know, uh, in an effort to save money at the Last Supper, Jesus just ordered his table waters. <laughs> Jesus walks into a bar, says to the bartender, 12 shots of water, please. <laughs> the apostles giggle. Uh, uh, all right, I love Jesus. Uh, let's get back on track. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. All right. um, but yeah, so excessive drinking. The, so the thing about this, St. Thomas Aquinas puts it pretty clearly, um, that when you're allowed to drink until merriment. It's like you're allowed to enjoy drink. You're allowed to get a little tipsy giggly but when you start like losing control over all of your functions if you get blackout drunk stuff like that you just totally throw everything that you control about your body out of the window and that's definitely a mortal sin because you're supposed to have control over your body and now suddenly you don't because you drank way too much alcohol um and so yeah that's that's definitely something that i mean talking about the mortal sins let's let's go a little more in depth here um because mortal sins are like definitely pertinent in today's society and something that teenagers as a whole tend to struggle with because our our hormones are ramped up and our passions are strong and testosterone yeah right and we, we don't want to listen to our parents we don't want to listen to anyone because we're invincible and we're full of ourselves and we're hard-headed um so let's just let's just go in depth with um let me pull out my the uh examination of conscience that i use um but so like gossip there's a difference between somebody coming up to you and being like, hey, Joe, have you noticed that this one person is, is this person like acting like a jerk to you? And if you say, actually, yeah, they have. And you're like, okay, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't just me. Let's go tell a teacher about it. That's totally different from going up and being like, oh my gosh, Joe, did you hear that, you know, Joseph Smith was like, doing all of these terrible things and going out and drinking on weekends and all of this stuff and oh my gosh he's so terrible and blah 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 and oh my gosh and maybe some of it's true maybe none of it's true but i'm going up to joe with the intention of telling him like i'm hating on this person and i want to hate on this person and i want everybody to know that i dislike this and person. you should hate on this and person. you should hate on this person you should join with me and continue talking about this person that is there's a difference between the two and and the second one is obviously a sin. The first one isn't a sin because you're trying to figure out what's right. The second one is obviously a sin because you're going out of your way to decrease the charity you have for somebody else. You're going out of your way to possibly destroy their reputation, which when you think about it, it's a sin of the fifth commandment, right? Thou shalt not murder. Um, and one of the things you'll find in most examinations of conscience is that you will find that um, 
gossip, slander, detraction, all of them are underneath this murder because you're destroying not a person physically, but you're destroying their their like sense of self. You're destroying their um, possibly like their mental health. You're de- you're destroying their person, maybe not personality, but like their their reputation, and um, which is part of their person. You're just you're killing a person, not physically, but emotionally, spiritually. If you're somebody like Amber Heard accusing Johnny Depp of stuff that yeah well and that's yeah I mean seriously and and you find it all the time I mean especially especially in today's society where you find like you have to be super careful about talking about this but when when you hear there's a whole there's um Trevor Bauer is an MLB pitcher who was accused of um sexually assaulting a woman and it, there's just no information for it whatsoever same thing with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard I mean you you have this this it's kind of pertinent in today's society where the sexual accusations going around are just all over the place and they're not right and that's a really good example of something that like obviously i'm not expecting anyone in our audience to be like yeah i'm going to go accuse my teacher of sexual assault or something like this but it's a really good example of like looking around society this is something that people do that is clearly wrong because they want money or they want power or they want to destroy this person that's exactly why some of these people are doing what they're doing um so that's that's going in depth about like gossiping um excessively drinking we talked about i mean you're going out of your way to like you're not enjoying alcohol for what it is i there's there's certainly like a craft to alcohol and that's why a lot of people drink alcohol and in today's society now that we have mostly clean water i mean running through now that presumably most of you listening to this podcast mostly have clean water running through your house and probably a lot of you it's illegal to drink alcohol under a certain age um most of the time when you reach that age people drink alcohol because they're you know they're hanging out with friends or because they want to enjoy uh the taste of it if they're if you're like getting blackout drunk you're totally avoiding why you're drinking alcohol and you're just doing it for you're doing it for the buzz you're doing it to to have an absolute rager you're not doing it to actually enjoy it um and you're avoiding what it's for and then destroying yourself with it i mean first of all it's not taking care of your body you're wrecking your liver you can die from an <laughs> overdose of alcohol um you're likely to do incredibly stupid things when you're drunk you're just throwing all control of your body totally like out driving over a bridge like driving over a bridge <laughs> yes that, uh, has a <laughs> possibly smashing into a family of 12 people but that's so this is this is not a joke from the same circumstance like if your brakes fail that's one thing but if you're drunk you're totally responsible yeah. Oh, yeah. for that mm-hmm. oh yeah even though it might not be a mortal sin in the sense of like i went out of my way to hit this like you don't have the full conception of I purposely hit this family of 12. You drunk and got yourself there. So that's where the sin comes in. Um, Joe was talking about like the whole sexual stuff. So there's two things to this. I think it kind of pertains to both sexes. The guys like to fondle themselves and the girls like to be looked at. And both of those are super important because first of all, guys don't fondle yourselves. And second of all, girls, you got to cover up. Um, it's uh, looking back into my um the examination of conscience that i use when you read through the instructions it says in the bible all the time that you're not supposed to like you're not supposed to adorn yourself uh, speaking to women you're not supposed to adorn yourselves with with jewelry or like make your make yourself look glamorous or all that stuff that's not saying that you shouldn't like dress up or look pretty or something like that but there's a fine line between looking good and appearing modest and just throwing yourself out there without respect for your body. And that's what you see a lot of times. Um, women just kind of like, they're wearing crop tops or 
practically nothing and they're walking around with like their butts hanging out of their shorts or something yeah, like that. Friday nights on campus. Right? Literally rough. all over college campuses. I mean, I live on uh, the college I'm at, I live right next to downtown and just every every Friday Saturday night I look out my window and it's just like I wish I hadn't looked out my window. I mean, it's it's all over the place and it's um the thing with that is that not only are you refusing to recognize like your body as something that is beautiful, which is true. Like especially women are objects of beauty. Like you guys are supposed to admit that like I'm All right, we'll put it as it is. Men are ugly. <laughs> we're blocky, we're we're lumpy, we're ugly. We have facial we have a lot well, we have hair all over our bodies. Like there's nothing pretty about us. I'm blocky. <laughs> Women are pretty. Like, <laughs> just put it the way it is. And you should recognize that and you should appreciate it for what, what it is. What is the opposite of blocky? Round. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're round, I'm too. round. Triangular. <laughs> I'm very round. Um, but, the, but, like, <clears throat> that's seriously a, a thing about, like, you need to... You need to acknowledge your body for what it what it is and how it's beautiful and stuff like that. We'll talk about this more in a later episode with modesty and stuff like that, but... The other thing is that that can then lead your brothers in Christ to sin by lusting. If you are walking around wearing nothing and they're like, oh, she looks pretty, her butt's hanging out, I'm going to stare at her butt because her butt's hanging out. That's then leading him into sin. So now you are not only not respecting your body, but you're leading someone else into sin, which is ne- which is never a good thing. So for women, dress up. We'll talk about that more in a later episode. Also, it's coming from a guy, so I know you hate to hear that. Um, maybe we'll get a woman on the show to convince, right? Maybe we'll get a woman on the show to convince you that guys, maybe it can be right. Maybe if we can find one that'll talk to us, (laughs) (laughs) um, guys, it can be really, really freaking hard. You open up social media and there's bikinis all over the place. You open up, uh, you walk outside Friday nights on campus and there's bikinis all over the place. Uh, You go to school and like, even at Catholic school, like skirts were too short kind of stuff. Mm It's hard, dude. I mean, like, you walk around and girls are wearing leggings and it's like, oh, her butt looks good through those pants. It can be really, really hard. I get it. I understand it. I'm also a guy, believe it or not. Yeah, I wish you were the one wearing leggings, Matthew. <laughs> All right, you know what, Joe? I'm going to throw you out a window. Um, but It's not a sin to act gay with the homies. It is, especially, well, <laughs> actually, we did talk about this. Is it gay to kiss the homies goodnight? Yeah. Former Teenage Catholic Podcast episode. Is it gay to kiss the homies? Yeah. We've decided that it is not gay to kiss no, the homies goodnight. No. Well, you did. I was sick. You were sick. That's why I had to do that episode, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it can be really hard, especially in today's society, with, like, with the sexual deviancy and the immodesty and the uh, the Instagram and the social media and the porn and all that. It can be really, really hard. I get it. We understand. All of us sympathize with that. And we got to help each other with that, but we also yeah. have to avoid it as much as we can. Right. Hey everybody, this is Editor Matthew, and um, I figured I'd make just a few more comments to clear up what I had just said. Um, I want to make it known that we're not really attacking the women here, right? It can be really easy for guys to kind of cope and say, like, it's your fault I looked at you because you weren't wearing any clothes. But really, you might be a little bit culpable, women, you might be a little bit culpable, but it's the guy's fault for looking, right? Guys, you've got to keep yourself away, so... Um, really what I just want to clear up is I don't want to create any confusion over whose fault it is or anything like that. Obviously, both sides are culpable of something, but when it comes to protecting your eyes and protecting your mind from lusting, whether that's 
staring at a woman on the beach or going on your computer at night and um, watching porn or anything like that. Um, guys, I really want to stress this for you, that you do have to keep yourself away from those kinds of things, right? No matter what you see a woman wearing, it's your responsibility to not look or to not stare. Um, no matter what you're thinking, it all comes down to you. It's your responsibility to make sure you don't feed into that. So I just wanted to go ahead and clear that up because after I listened to it, you know, it kind of sounded like we were hating on the women. It's like, oh, it's all your fault because you're not wearing any clothes. But I really wanted to clear it up that like, guys, it's totally on you to make sure you're not looking. It's sort of on us, I should say, right? I'm a, I'm a guy too. Um, I understand it can be really hard, especially when sometimes you don't get that much help from our sisters in Christ, but you have to acknowledge that there are sisters in Christ. They deserve so much more respect than when we look. So um, we'll go more in depth on this in a different podcast, because this is obviously a huge issue with teenagers, right? The guys always want to look and girls, it's really hard to find good fashion. And um, sometimes uh, I know it can be really hard, right? I've talked to a few of my um, female friends who I've tried to convince of this, and I understand it can be really hard. Um, there's a, uh, a friend of mine who I'm thinking of who we can bring on the show and get a lady's perspective from, but uh, we'll definitely have a podcast on this in the future, just talking about like whose responsibility it is to do what. So um, keep that in mind, guys, what I had just said. Ladies, don't feel like we're attacking you because everything's your fault, because it's definitely not, right? It, the guys are, are totally culpable for looking if they look, if they stare. It's, it's, it's their fault for looking and staring. They need to protect themselves and they need to, you know, honor you as sisters in Christ. So, um, guys, I wanted to throw that out there. You can't go around blaming women for this kind of thing. You got to blame yourself because it's your fault. Um, if you, you know, if you look, if you give in to those temptations. So I just wanted to put that out there because after I listened again, uh, no, it might've caused a little bit of confusion. So hope that clears things up again. If you guys have any questions, feel free to leave them in the comments and we'll be more than happy to answer them. Um, with that, let's get back to the podcast. Okay. Now that I'm done that little rant, that's just kind of to stress the importance of mortal sin. And the other thing is that it's all over the place. You guys are mortal sinning way more than you think. I'm mortal sinning way more than I think. Yeah. If you don't have full consciousness of it, it you're not as culpable for it. But it's still hurting your soul, and you should become aware of it and then try to fix it. Because it hurts your soul so much, you cannot receive any other sacrament, especially the Eucharist. Most like you are not allowed to receive the Eucharist in a state of mortal sin. Joe, can you look up First Corinthians eleven twenty seven for me? Yes. So that verse. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning, sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. What do we say about that? <laughs> All right. So Brendan just didn't. <laughs> so I mean, so, I like zoned out for a moment. I was. Just, <laughs> I looked at Brendan. And I was like, "You're gonna go next," and he's like, oh, oh. "No, but um, yeah, but like, yeah, I mean, like." I don't want to say it's kind of like, you know, you're being a hypocrite in the sense, but like if you're like putting on this persona of like, oh, I'm like the average Catholic and like, you know, you're in that state of mortal sin, but and you're still receiving the Eucharist, you know, it's kind of an issue. Right. Just, um, and, and I think in our society, especially with like younger Catholics, we see like a, a decrease for the sacrament of penance because they have that like oh i have to talk to someone yeah it can be scary you know and they don't want to do that because of that yeah you know and we see that i think all throughout you know right church but you if you are if you want to receive 
You have to be in that state of grace. You can't be in the state of of, of right. mortal sin. I mean, know? it it does say it like straight there in the Bible verse. It's a joke. Can you read it for me again? It's it, the final part so, of the Bible verse is just really pay attention to this. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Yeah. So, I mean, you're quite literally like if you receive the Eucharist in a state of mortal sin, you're sinning against Jesus, his, like, there's a difference between sinning against, like, all sins are against God's will, right? Sometimes you sin against other people, right? If I, if I'm hating somebody and holding a grudge against them, like, if, if Joe does something mean to me and I can't get over it, I'm sinning against, like, my sin is aimed towards Joe. If I receive the Eucharist in a state of mortal sin, my sin is aimed at Jesus. Um, and you're just damaging your soul. You're, you're quite literally damning yourself further into hell the more you receive Eucharist in a state of mortal sin. Um, what to do if you're in a state of mortal sin and you're at Mass and you're like, I don't want to look weird and go up and not receive communion. So, Joe, you want to walk us through what you're supposed to do if you're ever at Mass and you're in a state of mortal sin? So this is the same thing that you would do if you're at Mass and you're not Catholic. You would um, still walk up in the communion line, cross your arms over your chest, and the priest will give you a blessing. And I don't think there's a strict blessing. Like, a spe- is there a specific blessing that the priest gives, or is no, it? It's just, just more I like don't, I don't think there's a designated one. No, there's there's no, right? Yeah. yeah, there's no special like wording, like special prayer. He does he just gives you some? Some of them. Basically. I, I like, yeah, heard, some will. I've yeah. heard like. May Jesus Christ be with you. I've heard, bless you, in the name of the Father and the Son and the yeah. Holy Spirit. I've just seen priests just kind of give a quick little sign of the cross and on your way. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it totally depends. I've seen, I've seen priests just like skip you. You know, you go up with their arms crossed and they just kind of like, okay. Bow yeah, like right. Whatever, yeah. I normally, um, I put my head down too, just kind of signify like, no skip me i'm coming up for a blessing and walking away it is better to receive the blessing than to go up and and not receive the blessing yeah um but it's yeah so it's really important that you don't receive the eucharist in a state of mortal sin because uh, it's just it's a total sin against the eucharist itself which is why it's super super important to go to confession because when you don't have that mortal sin on your soul you get to receive the eucharist which is the source and summit of our faith and is what allows us to actually physically receive jesus into our lives um, Brendan, you know the argument about how you don't want to, you, you just said it about how people yeah. are scared to go talk to, 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 to a priest, right? It's like, Oh, I don't want to, it's, it's scary. Or, or you'll hear from non-Catholics about like, well, why does a priest get to forgive my sins? You want to explain that for us? I would love to. So first of all, you like you do, you, you want to talk to a priest because they are what we would say in the person of Christ that at ordination, when the bishop lays hands and anoints the 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 to be priest, they are a, a representative basically of Christ within the parish community within the diocese, um, and we call that uh, in Latin in persona Christi. So, like I said, the priest is given sacramental grace to be in the, to be in the person of Christ to forgive sins in His name, celebrate Mass, and do a lot more. And we'll touch on that. Um, in a later episode. Um, but when you're in the confessional, you're not talking to Father John Smith. You know, you are confessing your sins to Christ, right? And again, you know, th- there's definitely like some point in my 
life, I didn't want to go to confession because I didn't want to tell this stranger, basically, what I've done wrong. Like, who is he to hear my wrongdoings? But I don't want to say you have to get over that, but, like, you have to, yeah, get over that mentality of it's not Father, what's it to you? It's Jesus you're talking to. And the priest isn't there to, like, condemn you and to, you know, ridicule you because you sinned. But it's the quite the opposite. He's there to say, hey, it's okay, right? We're humans. We're going to mess up. It's inevitable, you know. The only way we can be perfect, in a sense, is when we're in heaven. But we can strive for perfect, perfection here on earth. But the priest, again, he's not there to ridicule you. He's there to guide you and to help you stray away from the occasion of sin to make you a, a more holier person here on earth. So Yeah, and, and something else is that, um, Brendan, you might, well, Brendan or Joe, you guys might know this. Um, isn't a priest supposed to then do penance every time he hears confession? Yeah, I believe. Yeah. I believe so. So he's not there, yeah. Brendan, you said it perfectly. He's not there to ridicule you. In fact, you'll find that a lot of times priests are really, really empathetic. Yeah. And most of the time they're like, I get it, right? It can be hard. Um, here's they've, some suggestions. They've heard it all before. Yeah, there's, there's quite literally nothing. themselves, priests. But they're human too. You right. Know, you got are human. You know, they're right. not. There's nothing you yeah. can tell them that they haven't heard or they haven't done, right? I mean, there's no such thing as a as a perfect human. I mean, unless you're going in and saying like, I just robbed a bank and murdered five people. I ran a family of 12 off the road and illegally sold drugs to minors or something like that. I like, I, unless you're going in and saying something wild, most of the time you're going in and you're like, Hey father, I, um, you know, I, I was mean to my parents. I wasn't respecting them. Um, I, I looked at women on the internet. Yeah. Right. I was watching porn. Um, I was, you know, I was mean to my brothers. I am really not getting along with this one person. And instead of trying to amend that relationship, I'm just like hating on her. Um, it's not you. It's me. Yeah. Right. And you go through this whole thing and the priest is just like, yeah, I, yeah, these are, these are everyday things. Like you're not worse than anybody else because of these. And the priest is not better than you because he's, because he's behind the the screen telling you that you know you you can do better next time which is what which is what you want to hear like hey i believe in you you can do a good job um which is which is great when you get a lot of, a lot of priests are coming out of the seminary and they're just like really really good people who are trying to build up the church and you're not going to walk into a confessional and be berated yeah. you're going to walk into a confessional and you're going to get good help to help you live a holier life right i like thinking about um confession like this Say say you die, and then you're in heaven, going to be in heaven, you're in purgatory, and Jesus is there with you. This is maybe not exactly theologically accurate, <laughs> but you're looking, together you're looking over your life. Say you're just sitting down watching a movie, and the movie is your life. That's going to be pretty embarrassing. You're going to see all the times you've sinned. But think of how much worse it would be if there's times that you tried to hide from Jesus that you didn't confess, times that you intentionally either didn't say something in confession, didn't go to confession, and then you've got Jesus next to you, and, like, you kind of, you didn't confess your sins, and Jesus knows that. 
And since he already knows that, there's no reason to not go and put yourself out there. Do this. Do the. It's just one step that you need to do. If you're not, uh, if you're sorry for your sins, you should want to get it off your conscience. If you're not sorry, th- well, that's a problem. Yeah, you yeah. got something else to worry about. It always feels so good to come out of confession. It, it does, does, yeah. Right. Especially if you have a real good one too. And right. It's like, yeah. You you really feel like a complete difference. Like the weight mm-hmm. of your sins is lifted. Right. Um, and then you think like, man, if I got hit by a meteor right now, that's fine. Yeah. I'm going to heaven, right? I, I love it when Catholics come out of confession and they're like, I'm ready to die. And they're just like, no, 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 no. not allowed to say that. Not allowed to say that. Um, that is a sin. Presuming presuming heaven is a sin, guys. But another thing is too, and I, Joe, you mentioned it, like, you know, we tend to hide after we commit a sin. What's the first thing Adam and Eve did when they sinned? That's why we Ooh, fell. Yeah. I mean, if if Adam was willing to confess, it, I, a whole bunch of church fathers said, said this. Like, if Adam was willing to confess his sins, yeah. there's a chance we wouldn't have sin in this world anymore. But because Adam hid, right? I, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's. Um, I love my first parents. <laughs> Felix Kolfa, Felix Kolfa. Oh, what happy <laughs> fault that we should receive yeah. Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. Right. Um, Joe, there's a Bible verse. Um, about confessing sins to a priest. You want to go ahead and read that to us? Sure. I think you're talking about James chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. A, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Yeah. Um, so quite literally says, confess your sins to each other. I don't understand where the logic stops when you go like you're not supposed to confess your sins to a priest it's like it quite literally says in the bible you have to confess your sins to each other yeah whether that's a priest or not i really i really don't care what you think about that that's a topic for debate more but the whole thing about like you're not supposed to confess your sins to anyone but god really just falls apart right there um priests happen to to have the power to forgive sins yeah as evidenced in the verse that joe read earlier about uh brendan uh, excuse me Whose sins you forgive are forgiven, and whose sins you retain are retained. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it quite literally says, confess your sins to somebody else. And then there's a group of people who has the power to confess sins. I mean, it's just, so it's right there in the Bible. It's it's biblically accurate, biblically based, regular based. Um, Everything based. And it's just totally based. But yeah, so yeah. I, I mean, it, it says, I think there's another part in James where it talks about doing this to the elders of the church. James, huge for the sacraments of healing. We're going to talk about it later oh, yeah. for uh, anointing. for anointing of the sick as well. Um, and as Brendan said, you're not talking to Father John. You're talking to Jesus. Yeah. And Father John is just there, the mediator, right? Yeah. He's he's the in between. But you were talking to Jesus, and Jesus is forgiving your sins for you, which really helps when you look at it not as like, oh, I don't like Father John. It's like, do you not like Jesus? <laughs> it's like real men don't cry. Jesus cried. Are you saying Jesus is not a real man? Huh? Huh? Heresy. <laughs> Well, another thing is, too, you know, like, talking about, like, that priest and the person of Christ. Well, again, we'll talk about this more in another episode. But, like, at Mass, when his arms are stretched out, like, for the Our Father, for example. And when nobody else is supposed to have their arms stretched out. Amen. By the way. <laughs> we are aiming our prayers, which is why most of our hands are folded 
you know not like <laughs> like laser zappers <laughs> like, our hands are folded, folded like like the perfect second hand like they're not we they're don't not ever, like a ball they're more like yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how to show you guys without <laughs> having a video but we don't like interlock our fingers we right. have them our palms pressed against each other with right. our fingers pointed out we're supposed to be pointing them straight at the priest priest because you know with the uh, the arms stretched out the prayers are going up yeah he's, you know he's, he's receiving God. our prayers which we're like pew 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 <laughs> with, with our hands folded like this they're just like pew pew and then he's supposed to to receive them yeah it's actually really Matthew cool praying for um, a better podcast group. <laughs> Dude, go back to seminary. Well, speaking, <laughs> of, back. speaking of Matthew, in chapter 18, we have... <laughs> oh my gosh. The so defenestration is going to happen today, I'm telling you guys. <laughs> if you're... Uh, this is chapter 18, verse 15, through whenever I decide to stop. <laughs> If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two brothers along with you so that every fact may be established in the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen to the church, treat him as you would a Gentile or tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Yeah. Are these instructions to the apostles? This is, I believe, Jesus speaking with disciples, apostles, I was mostly just looking up the amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall right. be bound in heaven. Yeah, right. that first part is also really good. I, the whole thing about like, if you see somebody sinning, you're supposed to go up to them and tell them they're sinning because it's bad for their souls for them to keep yeah. sinning. You know what, Matthew? You're sinning. I don't know what exactly you're doing, but you are. That doesn't really help. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're right, but like, yeah, I, I mean, hey, Joe. What? You're also sinning. <gasps> no way. Got him. Imagine oh. sinning. <laughs> All right. You know what, seminarian, dude? You know what? You know what, seminarian? <laughs> we got Maybe I'll throw you out a window. Oh. Oh. Do it. Well, you you almost did. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. That was like four years ago. Remember when we almost threw him out a window? Yeah, that was wild. That was a while ago. Remember when you slammed me on a table? In <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I broke one of your ribs that day. I got body slammed on a table. I love freshman year. Matthew freshman year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Joe and I almost threw Brendan out of a window one day. We were, we were chilling in class. I wasn't really helping. <laughs> <laughs> you were there. You were his accomplice. We were, we were in laughing. class, and um, our teacher was like, yeah, guys, do whatever you want. And um, <laughs> We did. <laughs> we, we were goofing around with Brendan, and then we opened one of the windows and pretended we were going to start like shoving him out of it, but then he like almost accidentally fell out the window. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, good times. Those were good times. But since <laughs> it was an accident, it <laughs> wouldn't be a mortal sin. <laughs> Not fully culpable. <laughs> <laughs> so if I fell out that window... <laughs> mea culpa, mea culpa, mea culpa. <laughs> a minima culpa. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> I'm not to blame. I tapped him. He's the one who fell out the window. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what are those requirements for the sacrament of penance? Go ahead, Brendan. All right, yeah. So this is again according to the lovely catechism. Gotta love that caddy. No way. You just called the catechism <laughs> of the Catholic Church the caddy. No way that just happened. <laughs> Bro, you got the caddy. <laughs> you guys want to go to Addo after this? <laughs> me, and, me and the boys in the Addo chap. <laughs> we do unironically say Addo. You guys want to go to Chur? Chur. Chur. <laughs> <laughs> well, want to get some blessings from the pre? <laughs> Anybody want to go to Moss? <laughs> Taco Bell, live Moss. <laughs> Taco Bell based? <laughs> 
All right. <clears throat> of course, a fat person would say that. <laughs> Dude, I've got free Taco Bell coupons, but I forgot them. Oh, I was going to say, let's but, go to Taco Bell after this. Yeah, over Christmas break. Over Christmas break. We'll get some yeah. Taco Bell. So, the first thing you have to do is make an examination of conscience before going to the sacrament, right? And that's basically you're going through, like, your mind, thinking about all the times you wronged God and others. You're... Sh- should be like a, like an outline. I I would. There's there's plenty. plenty there's yeah. there's hundreds, if not thousands, of them online. Yeah. There's some in Spanish too. I found a Spanish one the other day. Yeah. I imagine there's some in every language. No, that's not true. I I'm pretty sure French people don't exist. So there's probably not a French one. I doubt there's any in Australia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a good tool that I use um, frequently is looking at the Ten Commandments and the two Great Commandments. You know. Um, just a lot of sins that you think you don't commit come from you know like disobeying the fourth commandment or you know the first right I mean even what we had talked about earlier about how detraction or gossip is a sin against the fifth commandment right so even if you're thinking about like thou shalt not murder like I never killed anybody it's like maybe you killed the reputation though right so yeah yeah Yeah. Um, we'll put one in the description we'll put one or two I'll put the one that I use in there if you guys have ones that you prefer, we can put that in there okay. too. Just send them to me later. Sure. Um, another thing you should do before you go to the sacrament, and really before like anything, you have to be contrite and repentant. Because like, you know, what's the point of receiving forgiveness if you're not open to that, or you're just going like through the motions, you know? So it's like, what the heck? Right. Well, and, and that's where the whose sins you retain are, are retained, retained right. comes in because the priest can quite literally be like, if you're not sorry for this, I can't forgive you. Right. I, I mean, that's how it works. If you're not sorry for it, you can't be forgiven. Yeah. Even if the priest says like, your sins are forgiven, if you know that you are holding. That's a sin heart. in and of itself. Yeah. 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 Because you were like, like, you have to make an honest confession. It's like, what's the point if you're going to hold back sins? Yet you confess like other ones, but you still have that one sin, um, mm-hmm. you know, on your soul still, right? And right. Again, just because the priest doesn't necessarily know, Jesus does, right? And or you feel like Padre Pio and read, you mm-hmm. know, your heart, yeah, and he can go, well, oh, and it's a sin, yeah, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, what was it? So there was there's a story of Padre Pio. I don't know if it's true or not, but he was hearing confessions, and this guy comes in and says, you know, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. It's been two weeks since my last confession or however long it's been four years since my last confession let's say um and he says you know i did this once in and padre pio goes how long ago did you do it and how many times have you done it and the guy says oh father i I don't know how many times i've done it and padre pio goes you're a mathematician go home and figure it out and the guy was a mathematician and he was like what padre pio was like you're a mathematician Go home and figure it out and come back when you're actually sorry for it. And I was like, what? <laughs> that is so cool. But it's the same thing with like, if you're not sorry for any of your penance, you can't like, if you go in and you're like, I'm not sorry for my sin, then your penance won't be valid. It's the right. same thing with like, if you're about to commit a sin, if you're like, bless me, father, for I've sinned, it's been two weeks since my last confession. And I'm about to drive on a bridge. Yeah, right. I'm about to go purposely run a family of 12 off of a bridge. He's going to be like, Thanks for coming to confession. Can't forgive you for that, but I'm going to strongly recommend that you don't do that. Um, so you can't, yeah, if you're not sorry for something, you can't confess it because right. how do you confess something you're not sorry right, for? Right, yeah. 
Um, and so it's just kind of stuck on your soul until you're sorry for it, which can be hard sometimes, especially when like, if you have a grudge against somebody, it can be hard to get over that. And that's every now and then you just got to keep going back and you walk in and you're like, father, look, I'm, I'm not here for confession, but I just need help. I hate this person. How do I get over it? Right. And be like, pray more. Pray more. (laughs) I mean, quite literally solves all of your problems. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so it can be hard. And then that's the other thing I want to throw this out there. Sometimes you can go to confession don't do this all the time. Don't waste a priest's time. Sometimes you can go to confession five, ten minutes maybe, and just just have a conversation with the priest. Be like, look, Father, I, I can't confess this because, I mean, you can always enter into the sacrament because if you ever confess something, he can forgive you for it instead of you saying, oh, I've done this. And he goes, that's a sin. Let's now enter so that I can forgive you for it. That way you can just talk about it. And he can just forgive you for it at the end. But you can go in and be like, look, Father, I've really been struggling with this. Do you have any recommendations for this? Do you have any help with this? And you can just go in and have a conversation with them. Right. Um, Again, don't go in for like 30 minutes and talk to them. Because especially if it's like four o'clock penance, five o'clock mass, there's plenty of other people then. I mean, a good priest will stay in the the confessional. But um, yeah, I mean, every now and then just always feel free to go in. That's what they're there for. You can always go in and have a conversation oh, with them about I, it, and they'll help you figure I out how to become sorry for it. A question. What if there is something that you're not sorry for? And it's, say, somebody was bullying someone, and you got, like, more heated than you should have, and you punched them, or you hit them with a car, or, you know, something yeah, that I was guess, disproportional, but you're not really so let's, sorry because they were... Yeah, you're human. I, I think I think good examples of that are like, this person killed my father, so I killed him back. Um, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare, Prepare to, to die. die. <laughs> um, the kind of thing where it's like, where does righteous anger stop? Um, that's when you go to confession and you say, Father, look, I did this and I know it was wrong, but I'm not sorry for it. I know I killed him. I I think he deserved it. Um, it's what it's what I wanted to do. It's what my passions told me I should have done. Um, losing control of your passions, by the way, is a sin. So if if you uh, if you ever yeah, I'm most notably with um, gluttony or lust. It's just kind of like that tasted good. Let me eat five more of them, and it's like a foot long hoagie or something like that. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so so that's when you go in and you're like, hey, Father, look, I I really I, I screwed up. Um, I I'm not sorry for what I did, but I know that I messed up. That's when he's just going to be like, look, we're going to talk about a few things. I'm going to recommend that you pray more. I'm going to come meet me at the parish at like two o'clock. We'll talk about it. We'll work it out. And if you did something wrong and you know you did something wrong and you're going to confession and saying, I'm not sorry for it. Sooner or later, if you want a change of heart, you'll get a change of heart and you'll realize that like you should be sorry for it and you will become sorry for it. If you don't want to change your heart, you will not change your heart, and that sin will be stuck on your soul. Um, so it's really up to, like, I know I messed up and I'm going to confession, but I think that what I did was right. Maybe you will change your mind, because you're going to confession, you're seeking help. But if you're just going, I killed him, yeah, yeah, I killed him, like, he killed my dad, I killed him back. That was totally right, that was totally just, there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever, and if it wasn't totally just, like... If it was an accident, if his if the other guy's brakes failed and he killed your dad and you went up and shot him, that's not just. That's not right. But if you're like, I thought it was the right thing to do, 
then you're not going to change your mind. But if you're like, I thought it was the right thing to do, but I'm really struggling with it. Let me go talk to a priest about it. You're probably going to change your mind. Um, so if you're not sorry for something, but you know it was wrong, I, d- I don't know how that works. You know it's wrong, but you're not sorry for it. But I guess like, if you're not sorry for something, but you feel like it could be wrong, go and talk to a priest about it because they will tell you whether it was wrong or not. They will help you through that journey. And if your priest says that wasn't wrong, then it wasn't wrong. I, you have nothing to confess. Um, if a priest says that wasn't wrong and it's still bothering you, go ask another priest. And if multiple priests tell you like, dude, there's nothing wrong with that. You're just being scrupulous. Get over it. <laughs> um, and it can be hard, but yeah. And then the third requirement for the um, sacrament is that the person must complete the penance assigned to them by the priest as soon as possible. So, until you do your penance, your sins are entirely forgiven. You still have to, like the priest absolves you of your sins, but you still have to put in you know, your penance, whether that's you know, 10 Hail Marys or just one Hail Mary or whatever. Right. I, at my last confession that I went to, my priest um, said something different than normal. It wasn't just say a decade of the rosary, pray some. He said, write, um, write how you feel God would speak to you about what you've done and your sins. And I, I liked that. Um, Obviously, me writing what I think God would say is not like, I was not divinely inspired right then. <laughs> and I realized that. But um, it was to emphasize the fact that God loves us and that um, the if, if our sins are a small fire, God's love is a whole waterfall. It's just so much overwhelmingly more than our sins. Hey, Joe, if you're a small fire, I'm a really, really big. <laughs> Proportional. <laughs> and the other thing that Brendan said is that you have to do them as soon as possible. So every now and then I'll go in and I'll be like, hey, I disobeyed my parents. And the priest will be like, do something nice for your parents as soon as you can. Right, yeah. I'm allowed to receive communion if I have intent of going home and helping out my parents with something that I wouldn't normally do. Like, like that's fine. You're allowed to do that. Um, as long as you have the intent to do it and you do actually go home and complete it. If you don't, if you don't complete it, guess what you got to do? Confession. Yeah. Part two. <laughs> Electric boogaloo. <laughs> um, so let's go into the rite of penance. Um, so there's a couple different ways penance can happen, but we're going to go over the most basic way, which is like you're going into confession at four o'clock before the five fifteen mass or whatever, whatever, however your parish or like Newman Center, or however they do it. Uh, most of the time it'll be individual. And it should go something like this. You walk in, make the sign of the cross. Maybe the priest will say something that'll help you uh, enter a state of prayer. You say, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. It has been this amount of time since my last confession. It's been three days, it's been four weeks, it's been 20 years. Or if it's your first time, you go in and say, and this is, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. This is my first confession. From here, you start listing your sins. Venial sins should be said, as many of them as you can remember. Mortal sins must be said with instance and amount. Um, so if you 
killed four people, you have to say, I killed four people. If you watched porn six times, you have to say, I did this six times. Um, you have to give them the amount of times that you did you did the number of things. If you can't remember, you have to be like, I don't know, maybe 20, 25 times? I, 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 I don't know. I think there were 12 people in that car. Yeah, right. right? But, but seriously, you can be like, I... Or an entire like I killed an entire family of an unknown number because I didn't see them. But you have to say the time and uh, the amount of times and the instance. <laughs> All right, we need a different example. Honestly, <laughs> I love it. This example. <laughs> um, but yeah, my so, biggest contribution to the podcast: <laughs> comedic relief and looking up Bible verses. So you you do have and to donuts. say and donuts. Yeah, Joe bought us donuts this morning. Yeah. So yeah. thanks to Joe. TCP runs on Duncan. TCP does not run on Duncan. We run on the grace of God. And Duncan sometimes helps with that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so you have to say the amount of times that you've done it and sometimes the instance of how you've done it. Um, the priest will... Uh, so you say, I've dishonored my parents. I hate my brother. I have cursed too much. And I killed three people. Um, <laughs> casually and Whoopsies. you say for these sins and the sins of my whole life i'm very sorry if you confessed all of your mortal sins then the and i am very sorry covers all of your venial sins and you are now forgiven of all of your sins um the priest will perhaps offer advice um give you a penance he'll say look i understand that um listening to your parents can be hard um i want you to go pray a hail mary for an increase of faith hope and love and next time you are home with your parents, I want you to go out of your way to complete a job that you wouldn't normally do with them. Then I ask you to say the act of contrition. Um, if you don't know the act of contrition, we'll have a link for that down in the description below. Well, I'll put an entire guide to um, step-by-step guide for um, confession down below in the description. He'll then say the words of absolution and he'll give you a blessing. Um, at the very end, you either end after the blessing or sometimes he'll say, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And your reply to this is his mercy endures forever. And then normally you thank the priest. You go out, you complete your penance as soon as possible. If you're in a church, that normally means you go and pray whatever he told you to pray. Um, or if he told you to do something, you go, you leave with the intent of doing it and you go and complete it as soon as possible. Um, so, but what if I have Alzheimer's and I forget to do the penance? Oh my gosh! I honestly don't know the answer to that. I will be totally honest. I I don't know the answer to that. I haven't gotten that far in my formation. So. Yeah, right. Um, we'll revisit it in a few years. <laughs> in eighty years, when TCP still right. I don't if I want to confession and don't remember my shit. Um, but. So we, we talked about, for teenagers, we'll wrap up penance now and we'll move on to anointing of the sick, which I'll be honest, there's not much to say for anointing <laughs> of the sick, um, but we'll move towards it. So teenagers, in confession, there are a few things you have to do. First of all, you have to confess all your mortal sins. You guys need to know what those mortal sins are. We talked about them. We talked about effects they have. We talked about some examples of them. You guys seriously need to form your faith so that you know what those are, so that way you're not further damning yourself into hell. You need to know what they are. Um, second of all, you can't receive Eucharist unless you're in a state of grace. So if you have mortal sin on your soul, don't receive Eucharist and go receive confession. If you have received Eucharist in a state of mortal sin, you must confess that. You have to go and say, look, I've been sinning this whole time and I've been receiving the Eucharist the whole time as well. I I am terribly sorry for that. 
and you'll be forgiven. <laughs> it's not. It's yeah. not like the you need to go to the Pope or something. The only sin is uh, blasphemy against the yeah, Holy Spirit. Yeah, right. Like quite literally, refusing to be forgiven is the only sin that, that can't be forgiven. Yeah. Um, there are a few sins that you must go to the Pope himself for the to forgive. Pope himself, which uh, like formal heresy, excommunication, physically attacking the Pope. There, like, look up a list if you want. Um, you don't have to worry about it. If any of you are committing these sins, like, there's, I was just, there's I thought I was just pulling, putting bulletins up <laughs> on the door. Whoopsies. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> formal heresy. I, I didn't know that list of 95 things nailed on the church door was bad. I thought it was a shopping list. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, once you leave confession, your duty is to sin no more. I mean, the act of confession, the act of contrition says that, um, to avoid the near occasion of sin, right. which we were supposed to talk about that, but the near occasion of sin is quite literally anytime you feel yourself being tempted, you were supposed to leave the temptation. Let the temptation go away from you. Get yourself away from the temptation. Don't allow yourself to delve into the temptation. So a good example of that is like, I'm going to the beach. I know there are going to be girls there who won't be dressed very modestly. I'm going to bring a book with me and I will read my book. That's totally fine. But then if a bunch of girls wearing nothing walk past you and you start looking at them if you catch yourself right away and you're like okay not gonna okay joe okay i think you might have to go to confession for that (laughs) um but if you catch yourself looking and you're like no i I can't do that i'm gonna stop i'm gonna stay on my book and you stay focused on your book you'll be fine but if you keep looking and you keep going back and you keep looking you're drawing yourself further and further into sin until you get to the point where you're just lusting after them and now you've entered sin but if you keep going and keep going and keep going and you're like, look, I'm just going to leave, you've kind of already entered a near occasion of sin and it can be hard to tell, but you should still go and confess it anyway. Um, I just realized that uh, the existence of formal heresy implies the existence of casual heresy, which in turn implies the existence of ranked competitive heresy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes. yes. And yes. I think some there are certainly some ranked competitive heretics <laughs> quite literally yes i mean like top heretic martin luther <laughs> followed closely by john calvin i mean yeah um that's <laughs> pretty funny competitive. Well, i'm in the leaderboards of hell all right here we go here we go here we go next teenage catholic podcast episode here we out heresy tier list <laughs> are we going by like the s tier martin luther no no, no, no. not <laughs> like, like, the most... like the impact on the world not not necessarily good or bad but just like the amount of impact it had on the world it's so like arian heresy is s tier because it like totally threw the church into shambles it totally threw the early church into shambles yeah but like but like i don't know um gnosticism might be beer t- b tier beer yeah, tier the one dude that saint nick punched Arian. That was Arian, yeah. Okay. Up at Nicaea, bishops paused. Arius and Santa Claus once said there was a time when the sun was not. The other one said that's a heretical thought. Ho, 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 who's going to go? Ho, 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 who's going to go? Up with the right hook went St. Nick. Down went the dirty heretic. <laughs> this podcast just got so much better. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's officially it's officially christmas music. i have not too, heard guys, that before right? it is after um, thanksgiving you're allowed it's almost advent actually by the time we release this it might be advent so ooh. it uh it's officially christmas music Happy time guys if you play christmas music before thanksgiving you ooh. need to go to confession now. yeah <sighs> okay let's move on to anointing of the sick um we'll finish up um there's i'll be honest not a lot to talk about about the anointing of the sick because I, it's just a, it's a it's a subject to talk real it's more like i don't want to say there's not a whole lot about the sacrament 
but it, there's like a lot of like it's very oh. straightforward and there's little nuance to it. Right. Yeah. And it's not something that you go and seek out in your life. Right. This is not something that would apply to teenagers as much, no. which is what we're which is what we're going for here. We're trying to yeah. we're trying to teach you guys how the sacraments are supposed Unless, to impact you your know. lives. Something happened. Well, like, yeah, I mean, if something happened, well, so, so that's that's what we'll talk you about. You were driven off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> if, if that guy purposely drove you off the bridge and now you're like dying on the side of the river and a priest comes up and is like, hey, buddy, you want to know any other sick? <laughs> but uh, yeah, Brendan, wanna, why don't you go a little yeah. more into depth about how how much not nuance this has for us teenagers. Right. Uh, so this sacrament causes some confusion among Catholics, mainly because of the old term it used to go by before... Um, Vatican II, called Extreme Unction. Uh, this was the previous name, mainly because it's cele- it was celebrated before a person died. Like, the priest went in, did the, the prayers, and then that person was kind of just left there. I don't want to say that, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hope for the best. <laughs> um, Hope they survive. <laughs> Okay, that's all I can do here. Goodbye. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> uh, but there's two ways we can look at it. So the first one, which is a common term, is last rites, which is basically the last time a Catholic who is in, who is near death, uh, receives Eucharist for the last time, uh, viaticum. Yeah, quite um, literally means food for the journey. Food for the journey. Is when they receive. Confession and owning of the sick and the Eucharist. Yeah. To help them. Like, if you're about to die and you receive all of those, you're in a lot better shape than most people. Yeah. Um, and basically, the priest presiding over the sacrament will is basically sending you into the care of God. Um, and the second way we can look at this is um, just sick in general. Like, And there's a lot to that. If you're going for a surgery... You may want to receive this. Uh, anyone who is baptized and who can also go to confession can validly receive anointing of the sick, but it's often safe for just those who are gravely ill or in danger of death. The practice in the Roman Rite is to be rather permissive with the sacrament. It is cur- currently given to anyone with a serious enough condition. And yeah, I don't, I don't know what the specifics about a serious condition are. I would say, like you know. Life or death surgery. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, I've seen people who, like, they're going to go get a pacemaker and they receive anointing right. of the sick. So, like, a lot of if you need anointing of the sick, you know when you need anointing of the sick. And right. if you don't need anointing of the sick, you can ask a priest. And if he's willing to give it to you, then you can get it. Right. I mean, it's, it's again, there's very little nuance. It's like, do I need it? Um, let me ask a priest. It's a yes or no yeah. question. And like if I break my leg and I need to get a cast for it, like, no, that's not, like, right. It'd have to go very, very poorly for you to die from that. Let's not try it. <laughs> so uh, that would be a situation where you most likely do not need right. to receive. Yeah. Most likely. And we can see the origin of the... <laughs> origin? Origin of the sacrament uh, from Scripture. And it's really any moment where we see Jesus healing a blind person, a paralytic, a leopard... And whoever he encounters that is in need of healing. Um, and it's through this holy anointing uh, that the Lord in his love and mercy helps you with the grace. Oh, that's a scripture passage. Haha. <laughs> and we can look at, um, is that James 6? 
It's five? James five. Yeah, James yeah. five. Yeah. Yeah. Joe's gonna read that for us. It's a um, yes. biblical basis for uh, anointing of the sick, which actually comes right before biblical basis for confession. So. All right. So <laughs> James chapter five, verse fourteen and fifteen. Is anyone among you sick? He should summon the presbyters of the church, and they should pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick person, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Yeah, and that is not exactly how the... So, um, it, in the sacrament, um, the priest says, through this holy anointing, through this holy anointing, may the Lord and his love and mercy help you with the grace of the Holy Spirit, and may the Lord who frees you from sin save you and raise you up. Um, and then there's some other parts in there that, um, are taken straight out of James. So, uh, that kind of biblical passage is used right in James and also gives pretty clear instructions for what you're supposed to do. Presbyters, as Joe said, are just, that's the old name for the priests. You have the diaconate, the presbyterate, and the episcopate. Diaconate is deacons, presbyterate is priests, episcopacy is bishops. So presbyterate is just priests. And then Mark 16, 17 through 18, Joe. All right. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak new languages. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Yeah. So this is just Jesus kind of telling that his his apostles will have the ability to heal the sick. Um, I don't know exactly how exorcisms work. If you receive anointing of the sick, anointing of the sick during an exorcism, um, Maybe we'll talk about that in a future episode. Yeah. Maybe Brendan will be an exorcist one day. That would be really cool. Please if you could no. be an exorcist, that would be really, really cool. Can I just be a parish priest? <laughs> I've seen a lot of scary exorcism movies. <laughs> Honestly, it's funny how in every single exorcism movie, there's never not a Catholic priest. Yeah, really. Because yeah. they have to admit that the Catholics are the only people who do exorcisms. Yes. Yeah. But, um, Who's that? Uh, Father Chad? Um, Ripperger? Ripperger? Ripper, yeah. Ripperger? He's... Is he? I don't think he is. Coming to mind. I'm not sure. Oh, so. Chad Ripper, Ripperger. Ripperger? Chad uh, Alec Ripperger is an American Catholic priest, theologian, po- philosopher, and exorcist. He is well known either. in the traditional Catholic circles and has presented many conferences in the United States. Maybe we get him on and talk. <laughs> I doubt it. Oh, my gosh. That would be really cool. That would be, cool. That would be pretty yeah. cool. Bro's name is Chad. Bro's name <laughs> is Chad. Um,. All right. Do any of you guys have anything you want to add about anointing of the sick? So the right. Oh yes, yes, yes. The right. So basically, there's a person laying on a bed. That's typically the sick person. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> maybe it could be the priest. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, uh, so the priest you know comes in, uh, depending kind of like what what's happening. If like that person is in the like the last moment of their life, uh, the priest would typically do um, the sacrament of penance first before he does the sacrament of anointing. Um, so then after, depending on what happens, there's the liturgy of the word. Um, so basically they'll take, usually it's something from the gospel that the priest reads. Sometimes it's taken from one of the epistles. Um, whether that be Pauline or the Catholic epistles. Um, after that, priest may give like a really short homily, like a two-line homily. Um, and then after the that, there'll be general intercessions, kind of like a mass. Um, and then going to the uh, the sacrament it's, uh, itself where 
the priest will anoint the forehead and the palms of the sick person. Um, and with all that comes special prayers, um, you know, through this holy anointing. Right, the one that I had said yeah. earlier. Um, and then after that, again, if that person is near death, the priest will give out the Eucharist to that person, viaticum, food for your journey. Um, and then after that's kind of like closing rites, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So that's, you know. Right. Yeah. So while we're here, we talked about this last episode, about the form and the matter of the sacrament. So let's talk about this for these. So the form of anointing of the sick is the words, and as Brendan just laid out, the, the entire kind of layout of the of the rite. Um, and the matter, in this case, just for anointing of the sick, is the oil that is used. Right. Um, there's actually an oil of the sick, um, which is blessed on Holy Thursday right. um, and given out to parishes. It's it's a specific oil used for this. Um, and then there... Um, so that's the, the form of the matter, is the words, the, the whole rite being said, and then the matter is the oil. And then for confession, this is actually really interesting. So the form is obviously, I absolve you of your sins, name of the Father, um, all, all of that. Um, the, the, whole, the whole thing is the form, but the important point is where you're actually absolved. And then the matter is pretty interesting because there's a few different things. Um, most of the time the priest is supposed to be wearing a purple stole. Um, and then also the like actual laying, like the blessing itself is given. Um, okay. Well, yeah, I think I talked about it. The, the form is the words being said and then the matter is the, is the blessing purple stole can be used. Um, and yeah, so that's, we're just going to throw that out there because it's good to know. Um, if you received a legitimate or a, a valid and illicit sacrament or not, if those, if that form and matter is not present, then you did not receive a valid sacrament and you should go get a valid one. Um, anything else you guys care to add? I think we covered it all. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Guys, please make sure you go to confession. It's the best possible thing you can do for your soul. It's really important. It's really good for you. It's how you're supposed to receive Eucharist if you're in a state of mortal sin. I cannot stress this enough. You should be going at least once a month. That's what the church recommends, at least once a month. If you can be going once a week, you should be going once a week. You sin at least enough times in one week to be need to be going to confession every week. And if you think you don't, that's also a sin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a difference between, like, thinking you don't and thinking that, like, you just haven't sinned. But yes, very true. If you think you haven't sinned at all, you're presuming perfection, which is a sin, and you're not yeah. allowed to do that. Take that. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Ha. Oh, Roasted. man. L plus sinner <laughs> plus ratio. <laughs> plus touch grass. Plus go to confession. Um, plus get absolved. <laughs> plus, hey, now you don't have any sins. Uh, no, but seriously, I like. Plus, I now you're ready to die. <laughs> <laughs> Stop that! No. Plus, go to confession again. <laughs> plus, L plus center. Plus, plus, I'm ready to die again. <laughs> and now we're stuck in a constant loop. Um, uh, okay, I'm gonna say it again because it's so important. Go to confession. Go to confession. It's really important. That I think you, you should that, go guys. to confession, you guys. Yeah, I think so. Hey, Brendan, what do you recommend? What do I recommend? Yeah. Well, I recommend you subscribe. <laughs> Bang. That's yeah. perfect. All right. Nice. This is the part of the episode where I tell you guys to do all the YouTube stuff. Subscribe, like the video, leave right. a comment. Even if you just want to say, Brendan, I'm so glad you're back from seminary, but not for Are too long. Please go back. You were really annoying this episode. If you want to say that, you're being really too worldly. Um, 
If you want to tell Brendan that he looks really handsome today, that would also be really nice because he does look quite. He looks quite dapper. That is yeah. true. We're if matching you, shirts. The holy today. glow. They are matching <laughs> shirts. It's pretty funny. I bet they didn't even plan that. If you want to tell Joe, thanks for buying him donuts. That would yeah, be really would cool. Be awesome. Hey Joe, thank you. Oh, you're yes. very welcome. Thank you, Joseph. If you want to comment, say Matthew like your hat. Yeah, yeah go do mm-hmm. that. I and like if, my hat too. Because uh, I'm conceited. If you, which is a sin. If you want to tell me, uh, thank you for the comedic relief. <laughs> <laughs> go Matthew for it. and Brendan are too serious. We need Joe to be funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but seriously, like, subscribe, leave a comment, click the bell for notifications. Uh, try to interact with us, and we'll always come back and interact with you. Share this with everybody that you know. Share it with your friends. Share it with your parents. Share it with your teachers. Share it with the minister's cat. Have you guys ever played that game, the minister's cat? No. no. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. Maybe we'll play it one day on this episode. Sure. Um, not on this episode. On this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, share it with uh, the priest who's about to give you confession because you guys are gonna go to confession, right? Yep. Um, and other than that, what, Brandon? I was, I was going to say I'm going to oh, confession. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> we should all go to confession. Let's go to confession after this. Group confession. <laughs> um, <laughs> One big circle. It's like make sure we'll post links down to the examination of conscience below. Conscience below. Uh, make sure you read that. It's really good for you. It helps you. It makes confession a lot easier. If you want to write out a list, that can be helpful. Um, if you want to bring it in with you, that can also be helpful and you can just scroll through. Priests can be patient if you just want to be like, um, let me scroll through while I look for my next sin. Except for me. <clears throat> I wonder why. I wonder hmm. why. I, hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah, so like and subscribe, and we'll see you guys next time. So I'm Matthew. I'm Brendan. And I'm Joseph. And this was the Teenage Catholic Podcast. See you guys. God bless. Bye.